On today's episode, we're talking you through the ins and outs of Genie Plus at Disney World with guided itinerary planning, ride planning, and more. Hello, and welcome to Pixie Dust Parents. I'm Alicia, a mom of two kids, ages eight and two. And I'm Nicole, a mom of two little ones, ages four and now two. <laughs> We're two moms. Official. Two- yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm okay. Okay about it. We're two moms <laughs> who love bringing our kids to Disney World and Disneyland. We are here to help you plan your trip with babies, toddlers, preschoolers, and older kiddos. Today's episode is part two of Genie Plus and how to plan your day, your rides, and your lightning lane return times and more. All right. So in part one of the Genie Plus conversation, we talked about what Genie Plus is, sort of the ins and outs, the terminology, how it works, the pricing, a lot of details. Now we're ready to start talking about planning your park day, how you're going to use Genie Plus with your family on your next trip. So a lot of this, a lot of Genie Plus, it's a great tool. It it's really, really helpful and you can get on a ton of rides with it, but you have to both know what you're doing and have a plan of action. Um, and where that plan of action comes in is really important to know what's important to your family, how does your family function, and what kind of a park day do you want to have. So planning your park day is really the first step in knowing what and how you're going to use Genie Plus for. So if you're rope dropping, getting there before the park opens, being there the minute that the the rope drops and you can enter the park and go on rides, or if you're going mid-morning, or if you're not planning to go until later in the day, you can sort of adjust your plan and figure out how you're going to use Genie Plus based on that. The whole point of this is is not necessarily to plan out every single minute of your day, It doesn't mean that you need to have a spreadsheet with like every hour where you're putting all of your rides. Okay, disclaimer, I do that. I totally have a spreadsheet by the hour, but I like knowing what we have planned. The point of that, all of that, even if you have a spreadsheet like me, is that you want to be able to be relaxed and flexible and knowing what is a priority allows you to do that. All right. And once you have your general day planned out, what rides you want to do, where your focus is going to be, the time you're entering, all that, you can then decide how you're going to be actually using your return times or your lightning lanes, how you're using the Genie Plus. Are you going to be churning or stacking lightning lanes? All right. Churning. We're not talking about churning butter here. Though it sounds delicious. <laughs> butter and yes, please. It really does. <laughs> so good. Churning is reserving times, your lightning lanes, and then you're going to be redeeming them as quickly as possible. So then you can get on to the next lightning lane to get in as many lightning lanes as you can. If you're going to be stacking, it's exactly what it sounds like. You're going to be booking times for a little bit later. So it's like an offset later in the day. You're going to be booking them every two hours so that you can redeem several lightning lanes in more like the mid afternoon evening time. You're going to be able to hop on those rides almost like back to back because you've planned at out into where you're stacking them later in the day instead of writing one lightning lane redeeming writing the next one redeeming 
with stacking, you're going to push those redemption times out almost like it's a reservation for later and you're going to have a bunch, a big group of them. I mean, a decent amount, (laughs) um, stacked for later in the day. So you can just go bam, 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 ride to ride. So churning or stacking. And you can like, it's with all of this stuff, it doesn't have to be one or the other. You can stack lightning lanes for later in the day. And then once you get into the park, start doing the churning thing where you're redeeming, riding, redeeming, riding, redeeming, and just get on a bunch of rides in a short amount of time. That is an option too. And I know all of this sounds really intense, but you're basically just choosing what kind of day you want to have. And you're going to want to do that based on how your family normally functions. And if you're bringing little kids, like based on the time of day when they're usually their best. So if they are early risers and they're up at five in the morning, then yeah, absolutely plan to rope drop, get to that bus stop early, get on those early morning rides. That is going to work well for your family. You can churn, you can get on a bunch of stuff early. You don't even need Genie Plus for a lot of stuff that early in the morning. Go for it. If they do better with a slow start. If they're the kind of kids that you have to drag out of bed in the morning, then think about stacking. Think about having a more leisurely morning, maybe a breakfast reservation, that sort of thing. And then you can definitely be flexible, Um, but it's a lot easier to be flexible if you're well-prepared and if you keep realistic expectations based on your own family. Like your kids are still going to be your kids. So don't expect them to get up early if they don't ever get up early. All right. Before we get into the daily plan options, let's just real quick talk about some like key features that are in your tip board within the My Disney Experience app. You'll want to be just aware of these at least before you get to that day of where you're, you're booking things and things are happening in the park. So first thing, probably one of the most important is prioritizing rides. Once you're in the My Disney Experience app, you'll be able to see within the um, Genie Plus is you can scroll through after you select which park you want to be viewing for that time. You can scroll through and you can, you know, easily see all of the rides. If you're wanting to book things quickly, especially at that 7 a.m. booking time, The best way to do this is to go and find those top two, three rides that you're wanting and then pin those to the top. So you are able to find those rides, pin them, and then it'll be stuck up to the top of your tip board. That way you're not having to go come that 7 a.m. time and scrolling. All you have to do is refresh your board and those are pinned to the top and you click on them, go through about your booking. All right, the next thing is modifying return times. So say you get a return time and for various reasons, you want to go ahead and change your return time. This could be because maybe um, you're having something going on, you need some extra time, or it's maybe just not gonna work out for your, your dining reservation you have. 
for whatever reason you have, doesn't matter. No one's going to ask you (laughs) because you're going to go ahead (laughs) right inside the My Disney Experience app and you'll be able to go click on that redemption lightning lane time that you have and then click on it. You can go in there, modify it, and it's going to give you different return times. Typically, these are going to be later return times. Sometimes, rarely, you can get earlier return times. It just depends on what's available. You're only getting select return times at one time. So you're not able to go through and say, you know, I don't want from 11.30 to whatnot. I want from 1.30. That's not your option. You're going to get one return window and that's what you get. So if you're wanting to maybe pick something, modify it later, that's a good way to do that. Or if you're just for whatever reason need to push it towards a later time. You don't want it to just expire or not go to it. You're you're going to want to modify it because if you just let it expire, you, you don't get to choose that one again. You only get to pick each ride one time per day. So it's going to think if you had that and you held that lightning lane for Small World <laughs> and you have your return time and you chose not to modify it. You guys were running late because little Jenny had a blowout and you had to run to the baby center <laughs> and <laughs> you're missing your return time. Go in and modify it because you will not be able to go back and just select Small World again because you technically didn't go on it, right? It doesn't think that way. It thinks you already held this lightning lane. That was your one shot for the day. So if you know you're going to run late, go modify it. All right. Now that I've explained that for five years. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's important to know. It is. And I think that the only reason I kind of, you know, went into depth on that is because just a learned experience, you know, something that I've gone through myself. We've all been there. (laughs) And that's why we're sharing. The next thing is going to be the multi-experience passes, which for some people can be a huge win. Right, Alicia? Um, (laughs) (laughs) So you're going to get one of these, which is almost like the golden ticket. You may pass go and collect $200 because there are some times when you are holding a lightning lane, say for Big Thunder Mountain, And Big Thunder Mountain happens to temporarily shut down during your lightning lane redemption time. And you're unable to go on the ride, but I'm holding this lightning lane and what do I do with it? Well, what's going to happen is they're automatically going to go ahead and give you a multi-experience pass so that you can come back and actually ride Big Thunder Mountain once it's up and running. Or, and this is like the pixie dust in the air right now. Do you see it? I feel it. (laughs) Or instead of just sticking with Big Thunder Mountain, say your kid really, really loved Pirates of the Caribbean and you want to go back and they want to ride that for a second time. Even though you already wrote it through Lightning Lane earlier, this magical little multi-experience pass is going to allow you to go ride that ride. There's a few that can be a little tricky, like if you had a Remy's, the ride breaks down and they give you this multi-experience pass. You can't just go ride Frozen. I've tried. Yeah. (laughs) Again, learned experience. (laughs) (laughs) So some of them have, you know, certain tweaks, but for the most part, you're going to be good on this multi-experience passes. Yeah, there's, they can be a little bit 
confusing because it's not every ride mm-hmm. that is available, but like Nicole was saying, like if Big Thunder shuts down, will you have a return time for it? And it changes it into a multi-experience pass. You can go get on almost any ride in the park that doesn't have a virtual queue or an individual lightning lane. And then there's like a couple of exceptions. Like at Magic Kingdom, it doesn't work on pirates for some reason. Because, or I'm sorry, it works on pirates. It doesn't work on Peter Pan um, because that's like a very hard to get on ride. Um, so top tier rides, quote unquote, don't count on the multi-experience pass, but the pixie dust <laughs> is that normally, and this is like the secret hack of the century, um, normally you can keep booking that same ride that's down. You can keep booking Big Thunder and like every 10 minutes or so, it will turn it into a multi-experience pass again. And then you can stack multi-experience passes. So then you can go ride whatever you want throughout the park. Again, not the top tier attractions, but you can stack a bunch of those. And it's amazing and delightful. And I stumbled upon it by accident. And um, it was the best night ever. So (laughs) we got on Small World and Winnie the Pooh and Little Mermaid and the teacups and Buzz Lightyear and all of the kiddie rides that my kids wanted to go on. All right. Now, if you've never been to the parks and you've never used Genie Plus, it is a really good idea to start looking around the app, checking out that tip board from home, take a look at it during the day, take a look at it in the morning. You can see when rides are closed, you know, see how often that happens. Some rides go down a lot more often than others. Rise of the Resistance. Oh, goodness. Yeah. You, it's always down. You can sign in and watch the 7 a.m. drop. So you can like hit the refresh button. You can watch as the as the rides go from not available to the return times pop up. You can watch how quickly some of them sell out or run out of return times. You can look at the individual lightning lanes. Um it might feel like a little bit extra, you know, getting setting an alarm and like checking in on it, but it's just really, really great practice. And like, it's helpful. Like you don't want to get to the park and be trying to figure out the app for the first time, like give it a few test runs at home. Um, honestly, a lot of my expertise on Genie Plus is from playing around with it at home and like watching individual lightning lanes drop 15 minutes after they originally dropped and like seeing that things keep happening throughout. All right. So let's go ahead and get into like more of the meat of this. What is the day actually going to look like? So we're going to go ahead and give you more of like the conventional wisdom for booking rides, a plan for each of the four parks based on the ride demand, you know, who, what, what ride runs out of lightning lanes the most quickly. These are going to be plans that any guests can would follow if they want to do as many rides as possible. This conventional plan is also going to assume that you're arriving at the park opening or earlier your rope drop in and spending all day in the park. This is going to be just the, the golden Disney guest here. (laughs) 
And then after that, we'll kind of talk through for each park more of what we do, how we take this knowledge of the conventional way and then tweak it to what works best for our family in that season, during that time, given what our kids are actually interested in and all of that. Yep. And the difference between the conventional plan and what we end up doing is always based on those priorities. So again, it always comes back to what is most important, naming what's the most important thing for your family and what's the most important to us versus what is the most popular ride or what's going to sell out of Genie Plus return times. So, all right, so let's talk daily plans. So we're going to start off with Magic Kingdom and the conventional wisdom for Magic Kingdom. So again, we're assuming that you're going to be rope dropping or arriving at park opening, that you're going to stay at one park all day and you want to get on as many of the rides as possible. And that includes all the heavy hitters. So the first priority when booking is going to be to try to get a boarding group for the Tron light cycle run virtual queue. That's the free, like you can get in the virtual queue, but you're not paying for it. The next priority is to purchase the individual lightning lane for Tron. Either one of those, they go fast. Um, you can, you, you'll want to do both of those right away at 7am and be ready to be quick and hope for the best. Depending on what time of year, there's, there's never guarantees on stuff like that. Like something that even there's not even necessarily a guarantee if you're trying to get an individual lightning lane for a ride that's been open for five years things still happen. There can still be glitches. Like we were there during a not so busy time and we still had a hard time getting a flight of passage individual lightning lane. So just be aware that you can do your best and still find struggle through this. Um, whether the app glitches, your internet connection is poor, whatever. So first something like Tron that is super in demand right now, you're going to do the virtual queue, the individual lightning lane. That's going to be your first priority for Magic Kingdom. Still in that early seven o'clock minute, minute and a half, or if you have another adult that can help, you're going to book your Genie Plus, your first lightning lane return time for either Jungle Cruise or Peter Pan's flight. Those are the two non-individual lightning lane rides. Those are the two included in genie plus that typically sell out the most quickly and depending on time of year you might want to prioritize one over the other when jungle cruise turns into jingle cruise it sells out even more quickly in that case you would pick jungle cruise first and then do peter pan's flight later and then your fourth priority for booking again this is all still in that seven o'clock hour is to purchase your individual lightning lane for seven doors mine train so that's sort of the like off the bat while you're still at the hotel um, before you've even gotten on transportation to the park. That's sort of the, the very first priority. Once you're in the park and you either redeem your first lightning lane and can book again, or it's been two hours after the park opened. So if Magic Kingdom opens at 8 a.m., you can book your next your next lightning lane at 10 a.m., then you would choose 
again, following the conventional wisdom of what runs out first, you would choose either Jungle Cruise or Peter Pan's flight, whichever you didn't choose first. So those are the first two. Those two usually run out by early afternoon. So if they're a priority, you want to get those first. Then as you start churning, we're going to assume you're churning since you're there early and you're going to want to try to get as many lightning lanes in as possible in that day. Then you're going to head towards the rides that typically run out of Genie Plus return times in the mid to late afternoon. And so at Magic Kingdom, that's going to be Big Thunder Mountain, Haunted Mansion, Winnie the Pooh, Pirates, and Space Mountain. It's also going to include a lot of those like princess meet and greets, Mickey meet and greets, um, but we're just talking about rides for right now. Those are on Genie Plus, and so if character meets are a priority, you're going to want to work those in. Then finally, as you keep churning, keep going, keep redeeming, the rides that typically don't run out of return times, like they would rarely run out of a return time unless it's a very, very busy time of year. So like the week of Christmas, the Barnstormer, Buzz Lightyear, Dumbo, Small World, Mad Tea Party, Magic Carpets of Aladdin, Mickey's PhilharMagic, Monsters, Inc., Tomorrowland Speedway, and Under the Sea Journey of the Little Mermaid. Those are all rides that you can pretty safely get on either without a lightning lane or the lightning lane won't sell out really very often at all. So you'd still be able to get one well into the evening. So, all right. So, Nicole, that is the conventional wisdom for Magic Kingdom. Is that what you typically do? <laughs> um, I'm going to start with a probably not because you also have to factor in, you know, height requirements and rider swap. So, yeah, with Tron, I've only ridden it. My husband's not interested in riding it. So, we're probably not going for the virtual queue because I don't like standing in lines and it's not worth a rider swap because my husband's not going to do it. I'll, I might get that individual lightning lane, but I'm probably actually going to keep an eye on that. And depending on the time of year, I want to shoot to get Tron for later in the evening, probably a little after fireworks or just after because one, it's great mm -hmm. riding at night. But the kids will be asleep by then, so I can, mm -hmm. you know, go on it carefree and enjoy yeah. my time. <laughs> and then we'll be out of the park. So that is something I'd keep my eye on. As far as going Jungle Cruise or Peter Pan's Flight. So Jungle Cruise, Jingle Cruise, I agree, is super fun to go and experience. But Jungle Cruise is not a every park visit for us. Peter Pan's flight would take priority over that one for us. And if you're going more of like a bucket list type of trip, we would go with Peter Pan's flight first. But with my family's interests, my son's like, this is my ride at Magic Kingdom. It's going to be Big Thunder Mountain for him. And that is one that can sometimes, you know, book up a little bit quicker. So mm -hmm. Big Thunder Mountain is going to be one of our priorities that we're booking. And then after that, it's, again, just 
what my kids are interested in at that point and kind of mixing and matching of what's a ride, something that we're going to be, you know, outside in, or if we're having a wait with rider switch, and then what can I fill in next that's going to be inside, we're in the AC, maybe we're watching, you know, a, a show at Filler Magic, different stuff like that. So ours is going to look way different. And maybe we're stopping over at the Casey Jr. train splash pad area, or maybe we're taking the railroad all the way around. So with that, it's going to look very different (laughs) than what this actual plan is. And again, it goes back to that thing of we're doing what our interests are at that point. Also taking into consideration height requirements and rider swap. Though Magic Kingdom is one of the more non-height requirement friendly parks. (laughs) (laughs) I have done sort of a similar It was before Tron was open, but I have done like a sort of similar approach to the conventional approach. And it honestly, it wasn't the best visit. It was stressful. I tried to rope drop, get on as many rides quickly and beat the crowds. And I ended up just like hangry and hot and without coffee and standing in a really long Joffrey's line in the middle of Tomorrowland. Mm Mm-hmm. And after that, I was like, no, you know what? I don't think this is the approach for us. Yeah. Um, we would do Peter. We do Peter Pan's flight pretty regularly because that's my favorite nostalgic ride. Um, that's the one I remember when I was a kid. Jungle Cruise. I love Jungle Cruise, but honestly, like if we don't make it on Jungle Cruise, it's not a big deal. My kids don't miss it. I think even though even though we all kind of like the movie, we just don't, we don't always have to get on Jungle Cruise. So that is definitely not a early, early priority for us at all. The mountains are always a big priority, both Big Thunder and Space. Uh, Typically in a day, if we're going to Magic Kingdom, the very first priority for my son would be Splash Mountain slash Tiana Bayou Adventure. And I, I am quite certain that that won't change at all. Like <laughs> he's got a countdown. He's telling me like, it'll be open when I turn nine, mom. It'll be open when I turn nine. I can go on it again when I'm nine. Yep. That's yes, that's true, honey. So I think that's always going to be one of our top priorities. Um, just no matter what. And that Splash Mountain didn't typically sell out except for like right before it closed. Yeah. Um, and then Pirates is up there for us. Um, so is the um, Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, but down at level three. Under the Sea Journey of the Little Mermaid, we have definitely rope dropped that ride. We have definitely booked Genie Plus on that ride. We have ridden that ride multiple times without having to get off during fireworks, which is a Pro tip, if you have a kiddo who doesn't love fireworks, Little Mermaid is a long enough ride with a long enough queue that you can really kind of mosey in there and you're inside, you can't really hear the fireworks. And then if you ask, they will often let you stay on it because it is not typically very crowded. There's not usually a line, especially during the fireworks. So 
anyway, that one's level three and we, we love to do that ride early and often. Um, so that's usually one of our, one of our biggest priorities. It's a small world is a pretty big priority for us. I would say that is more of a priority than jungle cruise. And again, following the conventional wisdom, small world rarely runs out of availability. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) Um, So we, we would definitely book small world over. I mean, I'm excited for Tron. My son's excited for Tron, but I have a feeling that we would probably book small world over Tron because I've got a little that loves small world. Like she lives for that ride. So (laughs) we're not going to skip it. Like we're and it. She's ready to go. She's fresh early in the morning. So we're going to take her on her rides when she's ready for them. And that all of that is just like, what works for your family? What is the priority for your family? And one of our priorities is not making the baby wait for all of her rides until it's her nap time. So that's sort of just how it works. And our family, as far as the conventional way, is we are decently early risers and the sun's awake, we're awake. Hello, Frozen. We (laughs) get to the park around opening but I am not one that is get up. You need to be up by this time out the door here. It's very loose where we have like a loose schedule, but it's usually around opening on a typical day for us is around opening. And then we're in the parks for a few hours, depending on whether or not we're watching the parade. So also factor that in parade at noon and then out of the parks after a little bit after that parade to go back, refresh, take a nap, do all the things. Then we're entering back into the park, you know, an hour, not an hour. And then we're entering back into the park, probably three hours, sometimes four hours, depending on the length of the nap later. So we also have to be strategic with what lightning lanes we're watching and watching those return times to make sure everything lines up right. Yep. And then usually ending our day with fireworks, but the conventional way, you know, open close, we can't do that. (laughs) And if we did, it's, we have, and it was meltdown city, like (laughs) 100%. So we can't follow that. Open. We usually do that one day. We can usually manage it once. But yeah, it's not, and are we actually rope dropping? No, probably not. We're probably getting there an hour after it opens, but we can typically forego the midday break at least one day in a trip, but there better be like a table service reservation and Mm -hmm. plenty of like time for a stroller nap, downtime, maybe a bus ride or something where somebody... Like basically just time to like sit and rest. Otherwise, yeah, we're just a different kind of break. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you don't have to go back to your hotel, close your curtains and lay down in order for it to be a break or a midday rest. There are a bunch of different ways to do it. Um, but typically, especially with little kids and I, I include my eight year old in that as a little kid, um, you want to have at least some amount of time where you are sitting, resting, not running to the next thing. 
or you're you're going to have a meltdown like it it's so much it is so much it's so stimulating like overstimulating it's a lot for grown-ups to handle it's a lot for kids to handle and yeah so even if you're just taking the monorail to one of the monorail resorts and getting some quick service and hanging out in the lobby in a comfy chair just some amount of like rest and indoor air conditioning cool down time is really really helpful for us we we will rope drop magic kingdom sometimes and do the midday break um we'll also do a breakfast reservation like at the contemporary and then head over to magic kingdom um a little bit later it just depends on sort of the plan for the day the time of year who all is going with us if it's just the four of us if it's the whole extended family it just sort of depends but we rarely I don't think we've ever rope dropped to close Magic Kingdom. I think we always end up taking a break or like honestly just hopping from a different park over to Magic Kingdom. All right, so let's dive into the conventional wisdom for Hollywood Studios. Hollywood Studios is a small footprint for a park and it has like compared to Magic Kingdom, it has way fewer rides actually compared to all the parks it has way fewer rides well maybe not animal kingdom but it has a lot fewer rides and it only has two rides that have no height requirement so it's a really limited park in terms of rides for little little kids there's usually two maybe three that they can go on So the conventional wisdom and the booking order that you would want to follow if you want to get on everything is right at 7 a.m. You're going to book your Genie Plus or Slinky Dog Dash. That is the number one ride that sort of disappears at Hollywood Studios. And it will often sell out shortly after 7 a.m. Like just and just be full for the day. So then you're left looking for a return time popping up and that can be stressful. So if you want to get on Slinky Dog, do it right away. The next is to purchase the individual lightning lane for Rise of the Resistance. And that that one is, it's, it's less, um, it's less difficult to get than Tron, but it's still a popular ride. And if you are going during a busy time of year, you don't want to sleep on it because they will go quickly. So keep that in mind. And then your third option is to purchase an individual lightning lane for an attraction at another park. If you are going to another park later that day, we're going to assume you're staying at Hollywood studios. So at 7am, that's all you can book right away is just that slinky dog and buy that individual lightning lane. Then once you get to the park and you start redeeming, you start churning, Then you're going to want to get Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. That's the next one that sort of sells out quickly in terms of rides. Usually mid to late afternoon um, is when it typically runs out. Then you want to look at Rock and Roller Coaster, usually anywhere from mid-morning to afternoon for Rock and Roller Coaster where it might run out, followed by Toy Story Mania 
Tower of Terror, and Alien Swirling Saucers. The last one, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, typically will sell out sometime around the late afternoon, early evening. And that, so in there, I just mentioned Toy Story Mania and Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Those are the two rides that don't have a height requirement. So the level three priorities, like the ones that rarely run out, not a single one of them is a ride. Wait, I lied. Star Tours is a ride. The rest are all shows. It's Beauty and the Beast Live, Disney Junior Play and Dance, the Frozen Sing-Along Celebration, the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular, excuse me, Muppet Vision 3D, and Meeting Olaf, the Celebrity Spotlight. Those are sort of the understood and agreed upon, like these don't really run out very often, except for during the busiest times of year. Star Tours is a ride, um, but is one of the oldest rides at Hollywood Studios and is not typically super popular. You can usually get on that one without too much trouble. So that is sort of the priority levels for Hollywood Studios. Slinky Dog and Millennium Falcon sort of leading the pack, followed by, you know, Mickey and Minnie's, Toy Story Mania, Tower of Terror, Rock and Roller Coaster, Aliens, Rolling Saucers. All right, Nicole, what I I already know what you're going to say, but what are your priorities at Hollywood Studios? All right. So the first one straight out the gate, we are sticking conventional and we are going Slinky Dog Dash. That is 100% top priority for our family. My daughter is not quite tall enough for it yet. So we do a rider switch with it. No problem. We try to get that as early as possible, but that is one that goes super fast. So you might be on at 7 a.m. booking Slinky Dog Dash thinking, oh, that's awesome. I'm getting an early return time right when the park opens. And then you don't get your return time until like 1220. And you're like, how did that happen? It's because everyone else is trying to get that one. So whoever has the fastest fingers, give them the phone and be on it. It does give me some anxiety and my fingers are usually like my hands are shaking doing that (laughs) if I'm not using like an automated service, but yeah. So Slinky Dog Dash is a a definite must for us. Prior to that, I do want to mention Skyliner. That that is our rope drop ride. (laughs) We will take the Skyliner, even if we're not staying at a Disney resort, we somehow find a way to go take the Skyliner because I have learned again from experience that if we dare not ride the Skyliner first thing before going into Hollywood Studios, we have such a big meltdown that we can barely even make it in through the turnstiles. Um, wild times. But yeah, so that's a, a ride that my or my kids consider the Skyliner ride. My son was just talking about it today, how we didn't ride it long enough. And he said, yes, because we got to the park. <laughs> Time to ride Slinky Dog. How dare I? <laughs> so... As far as Genie Plus booking, Slinky Dog Dash is our number one for that. After that, we, in this season, are not a Star Wars family. So we're going to skip Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. We are How dare you? I know. I know. But that's, again, back to what's our family into. And it's not Star Wars right now. Yep. One day, possibly. Not today. <laughs> we do stick with that Toy Story land area so we would probably next actually go to toy story mania alien swirling saucers especially if you're going in the morning can be a decent walk on or a low weight 
So if we can do that, then maybe we'll do standby line for that and then book it again for later so we can write it twice. Just kind of depends on the wait times. But yeah, we're sticking to that Toy Story area and going to Toy Story Mania. My daughter goes ham on that ride. She loves it. (laughs) Aliens, rolling saucers, the whole family's tall enough. (laughs) So we're going to do that one. Um, And then another priority one for us, especially like if we can walk on Aliens, rolling saucers, is actually going to be Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Mm -hmm. We have rope dropped that one because we did hold lightning lanes for almost all of Toy Story. (laughs) We did hold lightning lanes for all of Toy Story Land and we rope dropped Minnie Mickey's Runaway Railway. Just standby line. When we got out of that ride, the line was already wrapped all outside. And I was like, goodness, that was quick. So very happy that we chose to do that. But if we're not doing standby line rope dropping that one, then that's another top four of our Genie Plus priorities. Then we're not very big fans of Tower of Terror right now. (laughs) And if we were, it would be a rider swap for that because obviously my daughter's not tall enough. Again, with Rock and Roller Coaster, you know, my husband's just not much of a roller coaster guy as he claims, which I really wish he would change. Um, I wouldn't call this a bus drive yet, but <laughs> he's not a roller coaster guy. So that's another one that we're going to skip, unfortunately. So yeah, that we need to just out. go to the parks together. So you I and know, I can go on the roller coasters I know. together. Yeah, I, such a hard time about this, but that's pretty much covers it with rides for us. We're not star tours. We're not doing star tours. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. And we're not doing an individual lightning lane for rides either. Sorry. We what will about watch shows. Do you do any of the shows? Yeah. And so for shows, we're also probably not going to be doing or prioritizing a lightning lane for this. I would prioritize a lightning lane for meeting Olaf. Sometimes the lines can go very quickly. Sometimes he can randomly have a short line. It really kind of fluctuates throughout the day. But if you can get that lightning lane for it, it's going to go a lot faster. And his queue is mostly outside. While there are some fans, we've stood in that standby queue. And while it looks short, it can be a while. So if you're stuck outside, that gets a, a little warm. Let's Looking at it, Beauty and the Beast Live, decent for us. It would, Depending on where you're sitting, my kids weren't too much into it. The Disney yeah. Junior Playing Dance we have done a lightning lane for that, but you really don't need one for it. You really don't. Frozen sing-along celebration, we've also done a lightning lane for. I would not do a lightning lane for that one again if I'm able to get into the standby <laughs> crowded area because how they load that is if you're at the front of the line, you're going to go all the way to that last seat. I would rather be a bit more in the middle of the seating area so we can be in the middle of the viewing area. So I don't want to be at the front of the line for that. And with a lightning lane, that's going to put you at the front of the line. Then with Indiana Jones, my kids are scared of the whip noises, all of that going on. So that's just a no again for us. Muppet vision. Honestly, we haven't done that with the kids. (laughs) Oops. So again, Olaf would be our next one. Yeah. There's a bunch on here that, (laughs) Our kids just aren't into, and so we skip. Like, I don't make them go to Indiana Jones. I just don't. Yeah. We we often just stack for Hollywood Studios Mm -hmm. and hit the park for 
you know, four hours in the evening and knock out all the rides that we want to do and then do some shopping, catch the projection show on the Chinese theater and head back out. Yeah. Um, we have rope dropped Hollywood studios and rope dropped slinky dog dash. And that was the infamous, we had to stop and sit on a bench and eat a donut. <laughs> and we waited for the like 90 minutes because we didn't actually rope drop the ride. <laughs> we rope dropped a bench at Echo Lake to eat a donut. So for us, it is going to be Slinky Dog as well, because it's a fantastic ride. Like it's such a good ride. It's so fun. It's such a good coaster. I'm super excited because Betty is going to be big enough for it on our next trip, but we just went to the state fair and she wouldn't even go on like the little tiny kitty coaster, like, like the small one that is also dog themed, but she wouldn't go on it. And then after we left, she was like, I'm going to go on it when we go back, mom, like that. Okay. I'm going to go on it. So I'm going to have to work it with her a little bit. She had an amazing time on the barnstormer when she went on it, but it's been a while and I don't know like if she's just being spicy or if she's really afraid. Um, but she'll look at rides and say like, no, I'm too little for that. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see how she does it. We're probably going to have to like ease into it with a bunch of other rides first. And then because like dog doesn't have like, it's that outdoor coaster and you don't get a lot of those at Disney. So it can be a little bit more thrilling, you know, like that, that outdoor, like you can see where the track goes up. You can see it, go, like you can see the whole thing. Um, so we'll see, but definitely Slinky Dog for us. And then quickly followed by Toy Story Mania and Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Those are probably our top three priorities um, for the whole family. And that is true if we're going with extended family and just us. My son loves rock and roller coaster. So that one is also going to be a priority. Like we have to do a rock and roller coaster. Um, We have not done Tower of Terror yet. So we will. I'm planning on doing it on our next visit, but we'll see. It's, again, it's not going to be a, the number one priority. And then Alien Swirling Saucers, sort of like you said, like if we can yeah. just do standby, we will. And then if we, you know, if Betty really wants to do it again, then we'll try to grab it for later. As for the shows, we typically skip most of them. <laughs> Usually a lot of those are to us would be sort of a filler attraction in between the bigger rides or a way to like get inside and cool off and the frozen sing-along will probably happen because betty's been really into it lately um but i think for the most part the rest we would probably skip we're definitely not going to do star tours we're not going to do beauty and beast live um or muppet vision 3d so that is what it is but like i said our our best Hollywood studios days are usually stacking and, and it's a, for us, it's a great park to do on arrival day. So we're not usually rope dropping to close at Hollywood studios. There just isn't enough for 
the little kids to do. There's also, I want to talk just for a second about all of the stuff that isn't on Genie Plus at that park. And those are the things that we would probably want to prioritize the most, which are meeting Darth Vader and BB-8 and Chewbacca at Launch Bay. We do love our Star Wars. Um, <laughs> and then meeting the like the red carpet dreams, Mickey and Minnie. So it's Sorcerer Mickey and Minnie in her like pink dress. That is something that my son has talked about doing quite a bit. And it used to be a lightning lane and now it isn't. And um, so that is another standby only. And then the single most important character to my child at this moment is Powerline and Max as Powerline is available at Hollywood Studios. So we would probably need to do that like as soon as we did Slinky Dog. I think that would probably be up on the list. So as you can see, like just to demonstrate what is a priority one year, isn't necessarily a priority the next year. Mm -hmm. um, and what is a priority right now could be something something new. Like the last time we were there, Powerline wasn't meeting. And of course, as soon as we came home, Powerline started meeting and he was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, well, hopefully he's still there next year. <laughs> of course, yeah. So yeah, so that's sort of our our motto for Hollywood Studios, stack them up, go later. And I also want to mention that this didn't even include Fantasmic, which is like Hollywood Studios show. And so while there's not like a lightning lane for Fantasmic, there is a way to skip the line, which we have done before. And we did a delicious late lunch over at Mama Melrose, which I guess gets some hate, but... We loved Mama Melrose. So you can do a fantastic dining package where basically you pick from a select amount of dining locations within Hollywood Studios and you select that fantastic dining package and they basically just give you little cards that say you get to skip the line. We liked that. We didn't have to wait in any type of line. Not that Fantasmic ever has like a huge outrageous type of line or doesn't move quickly but you do get a reserved seating area in what i think is the most prime area for us it worked out so well with the kiddos we didn't have to get in line super early or whatnot and we got such a great location right in the center right in the middle of the center it was like almost too perfect so while there's not currently a lightning lane for that there is a way to skip the line and then also there are so many characters out at Hollywood Studios. There's also Woody, Jesse, Buzz. You can see the Green Army men performing. There's the Pixar place area that just opened up. There's the Edna mode. So many characters that you can meet on top of the little cavalcade that comes through. So just because you don't see a ton on like Genie Plus lightning lanes that are you know, toddler friendly, younger kid friendly, doesn't mean there's not a lot to do at Hollywood Studios. But I can totally agree with Alicia in that Hollywood Studios can almost be like a three quarters or dare I say like a half park day, depending on what your priorities are right now for us. <laughs> That's the Toy Story land. And if we at least can conquer that with maybe a handful of other things, then that's our day. But while you can spend a full day 
in the parks with that midday break. I can also agree with Alicia that if you're able to stack, it can be a half day park and just take a chill morning. All right. So, and I wanted to just say like, we, even though we can do Hollywood studios in half a day, we're not, I'm not saying for us that it's a half day park because we don't like it. We do. We really love Hollywood studios. It's probably our second favorite park. It's just physically, it's so small that you can walk from one end to the other in about 10 minutes. And it's not, it's not difficult. Um, and you can get on all the rides in Toy Story Land. If you've got lightning lanes, they're so physically close together. You really only need maybe 45 minutes to get on all the rides. And, and that's with time to like grab a snack, do some shopping, that sort of thing. And then same thing with Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, it's amazing and delightful and you can spend a lot of time looking around but there's also only two rides so if you do your two rides grab a snack you can move on pretty quickly so that's part of why for us it's easy to get sort of in and out of the park if you're going with little kids and you're going to skip like tower of terror and rock and roller coaster you really can get through quite a bit without a huge chunk of time and then I wanted to mention the, Nicole mentioned the Fantasmic Dining Packages, which sounds like a really great option to skip the queue for Fantasmic. <laughs> and those are available. That package is available at pretty much every restaurant at Hollywood Studios. It's 50s Primetime, Hollywood and Vine, Mama Melrose, Sci-Fi Dine-In, and the Hollywood Brown Derby. So those are going to range quite a bit in price uh, because like 50s primetime is going to be quite a bit cheaper than Hollywood Brown Derby. But just depending on what you want to eat and where you want to be. Um, and Hollywood and Vine is character breakfast so and dinner. So if you're wanting to do Fantasmic, that's a great way to do it. All right. So up next, we're going to talk about the conventional wisdom for Epcot. And maybe we should have started with this, but... <laughs> All of this sort it should go without saying like these are the priorities. This is the like how to do it for this point in time. If you're listening to this episode five years from now, all of this has probably changed. Genie <laughs> Plus has changed so much in the past year. I mean it has, right? Like yeah. every like Oh, it'll change next year. I mean they've already change, it'll yeah. change next month. <laughs> <laughs> why are we doing this question everything um no it just like all of this changes so frequently and so what was a level one priority to us a year ago is now not like it's just it just changes so so quickly anyway Epcot genie plus priorities what they have even what is an individual lightning lane changes from time to time so with Epcot, your traditional booking order, you're getting there early, you want to get on everything. The first thing you're going to want to do is join the virtual queue for Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. The second thing you're going to want to do, or first, depending on if you just want to skip the virtual queue, is purchase the individual lightning lane for Guardians Cosmic Rewind. The reason that you would do the virtual queue and the individual lightning lane is so you have a chance to go on it twice. It's an awesome ride if you want to go on it twice. That's cool. Um, I don't really want to get in the virtual queue. Um, 
I somebody had just got on it and timed how long they waited in the virtual queue, and it was still over an hour. Oh. Just yeah, like yeah. no, I'm not gonna wait for the virtual queue for my time to be called, then go stand in line for an hour. No, thank you. So I would personally just be purchasing the individual lightning lane and taking my son on that because he loves it. He actually just like drew it tonight. He was doing some sketching in his sketchbook and he was like, I got to make guardians cosmic rewind. Oh, cute. Awesome. Go for it, buddy. Um, then your next priority at that seven o'clock time would be to book a genie plus for test track. <clears throat> that one is the, usually the one that would sell out the most quickly. And then that is going to be it for what you can purchase and book right away at 7 a.m. at Epcot. So once you arrive and you start booking, churning, redeeming, etc., the next attractions that you would want to book are going to be Remy's Ratatouille, Adventure, and Frozen Ever After. And both of those are incredibly popular. And I think that even that conventional wisdom of booking test track, I would say even the most conventional touring plan, I would recommend probably waiting for test track and doing Frozen and Remy's first. They all typically run out early to mid-morning, um, but Test Track is the oldest of the three. And just in my experience, the newer rides tend to sell out more quickly than the older rides. But those are all level one priorities. They're all heavy hitters. They're all really fun. Test Track is the only one with a height requirement. So Frozen and Remy's are really great for you know all ages. Your next options for level two priority like these typically don't run out maybe later in the day they might run out um, it's going to be soren and mission space and don't go on mission space if you value not vomiting um, and then level three sort of the ones that hardly ever sell out or have maybe never sold out <laughs> are going to be journey into imagination with figment Living with the Land, The Sea with Nemo and Friends, Spaceship Earth, and then Turtle Talk with Crush and the Disney Pixar Short Film Festival. So those don't typically ever run out of return times. Nicole, are you booking Test Track first? Well, my son does have a very newfound love for Test Track now that he's <laughs> tall enough to ride it and actually went on it this time. But we will not be booking Test Track first. What we would be booking typically, and I'm going to be basing this one off of entering around opening, midday break, leaving around closing. So we would be booking Remy's Ratatouille Adventure because that is a full family friendly ride. My daughter can ride that one. She also loves it. So that's going to be our first booking one because that one also goes very quick. And if you do not get a lightning lane for that, you are going to be standing in a very, very, very long standby queue. On top of that, it can also break down. So if you're standing in that standby queue and the ride breaks down, go ahead and hang out until it's back up 
leave, that's a huge chunk of time to possibly be wasting. After that, we would probably toggle back and forth between Test Rock or Frozen Ever After. Honestly, uh, the ride of Frozen Ever After has some scary factors as far as going backwards, dark, that kind of stuff, some noise going on. So not the test track is any less crazy. I don't know. (laughs) My son really (laughs) enjoyed test track and he's not a big fan of the frozen ride, even though he was really into the frozen movie. So that can go back and forth, but obviously my daughter can go on frozen. So anyways, those three are the three that we're probably booking first. After that, Soren is a possibility. Mission Space is probably a no-go. Backing up to the beginning of the day, we probably would do an individual lightning lane, at least for me, for Guardians. I love Guardians. First time I went on it, I was like, oh my God, this is living. (laughs) I love Guardians. My husband isn't the biggest fan. Wait, hold on. Oh, bus is here. We were supposed to ride Guardians together when we had the grandparents out there ride it for the first time. Bump, bump, here comes that bus. My husband would not go on it with me. What? Yeah. That's an outrage. (laughs) Yep, that's why the bus is here, Hong Kong. I'm outraged on your behalf. Hey, my husband got motion sick on Guardians, and then we went on Remy's and then got super motion sick. It was like, it was like, bam, bam. They're both rides that can like cause some of that. Yes. And so in preparation for our next trip and Disneyland, I went ahead and bought him a relief band because he will not be using that as an excuse to not go on rides with me. Yeah. That's all. I feel (laughs) you. Double bus stop here. (laughs) Toss them both under. And he just claims that it's because he's not a big roller coaster guy, but Guardians is a totally different experience than just a roller coaster. So we'll leave that at that and we'll handle the next trip when it gets here. Well, also, as I was explaining to my child who was drawing it, there are no big drops. It's not really even a roller coaster, a roller coaster. It's more like a quickly moving track ride. That is so much fun. That is so fun. And I really want to get September. (laughs) Anyways, I would be booking that individual lightning lane again because I'm not trying to stand in the virtual queue. So we're hitting individual queue for Guardians, Remy's, Frozen Ever After, Test Track, possibly Soren. My daughter, I believe, does not still meet that height requirement. And after that, (laughs) we are probably going to be taking up more of the kid-friendly things that are over at Epcot. So we really enjoy going in to Club Cool. And these are all things that aren't Lightning Lane possibilities. My kids, of course, love to go to Epcot to play on a playground. And we 100% will be going to the new Moani Journey of Water feature. After that... The other things I want to say, these rides, like the short film festival, Figment, even living with the land, like these honestly almost have such a short standby wait (laughs) anyways, but we've had it where we book them before and then we just Mm -hmm. are like, oh, we're not going to (laughs) go. So 
those rides are kind of just a toss up on where are we at with the day. And I really enjoy going through the different countries at the World Showcase. And I like that part for me. So the kids get their handful of rides. And then I get that for me along with stopping at the different food booths. And then they also have the seasonal interactive activities. There's a lot going on at Epcot that's more than just rides. So those are our, say, five Genie Plus priorities. And then the rest of the day is going to be focused on festivals and other kid-friendly activities. For us, I'll definitely be getting the individual lightning lane for Guardians and not the virtual queue. Uh, We wouldn't be booking Test Track. We would probably be booking Remy and then followed by uh, Frozen. We are probably, however, like, and we have done this before. (laughs) We're probably rope dropping Figment. And then we're also probably getting a lightning lane return time for Figment. And then we're also probably going to get a DAS for Figment <laughs> because we, they really love Figment. And there's just something about being able to tap in and turn it green and skip the like two other people in line for Figment. <laughs> We've definitely also been the only people in the entire ride. Um, but that one is just like, it's not negotiable. I mean, my children are in their beds right now. We're recording at night. My children are in their beds right now, and there are at least two plushy figments being hugged right now. (laughs) So that one is not negotiable. It is happening. It's happening. Whether or not it runs out of a lightning lane, like it's happening, and it's going to happen multiple times. Um, We might do Soren. I don't. I asked Eddie about it recently, and he said, "Yeah, I like that ride." But the last time he went on it, um, he well, he went on it with my sister. And it made him really upset because they they say, like, you're going on a trip and, like, you're leaving, you know. And he was like, I don't want to leave my family. And it, like, it just gave him some anxiety. Like, the pre-show gave him some mm-hmm. anxiety. And so, like, the ride itself is fine. It doesn't, that part didn't bother him. But he really didn't like that pre-show. And he hasn't been on it since. So I don't know that, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes um, in California Adventure and see if, you know, he wants to do it. But it might be a with mom only kind of ride, like where he just doesn't feel comfortable going on it with others. Mission Space, I'm not going on it. If my kid wants to go on it, he can go on the green. (laughs) He's going to go on by himself. He's big enough for that. So (laughs) best of luck, bud. Other than that, living with the land is a must do for me, but we don't usually need a lightning lane for it. We would probably do the sea with Nemo and friends and make like take some time for the um, aquarium and visiting the manatees and all of that fun fun stuff. Then for the most part, yeah, we're probably going to, we're definitely going to check out the Moana attraction, the walkthrough and that play area, especially when it's warm out. Um, My kiddo really wants to do the paint by number thing at Festival of the Arts. So I have that written down to like do the next time we're there during that festival. I would love to do some more of the like 
art booths and festival shopping um, in and around that festival. It's really beautiful. Other than that, we're going to get on, you know, Frozen is sort of a must do for us. And then definitely meeting Anna and Elsa is going to be important. So there is not a lightning lane for that. That's going to be something that we're going to have to like check wait times and try to prioritize as much as possible. Um, yeah. And then we're probably going to eat a garden grill and see Mickey and Minnie or Mickey and Pluto and Chippendale. And that's sort of our, our Epcot procedure, but it is, that one is like, that's a full day park and we don't always make it a full day and it, we really need to like get our priorities straightened out because <laughs> there's so much there that we absolutely love. And also I haven't been inside the Mexico pavilion in years and it's killing me because I just want to go ride the three caballeros and eat some queso. And I love that pavilion. That's exactly what I was just telling Adam recently. We haven't really actually taken the kids in here. So that's also on our, our list for next time. It just, it's the stroller parking, right? Like you had to park the stroller and haul them inside a building and oh, it's, yeah. it can feel overwhelming. Always the stroller parking. I know. It's always the stupid strollers, but <laughs> we have to make our priorities our priorities. Yeah. And obviously <laughs> queso and margaritas are part of that priority. <laughs> Definitely are. All right, so Animal Kingdom, our last park. So the conventional wisdom for Animal Kingdom is to purchase the individual lightning lane for Flight of Passage, book either the Safari or Navi River Journey, which is Navi River Journey is the other Pandora ride. And then that's it for what you can do at 7 a.m. at this park. There's just the one individual lightning lane. And then... The level one priority attractions are going to be the Safari and Navi River Journey. The Safari usually runs out, not usually until later in the day, unless it's a really busy time of year. It can get a really long standby line. And the thing with Animal Kingdom is that it's not open as late. The Safari doesn't run as late, again, because the animal's go to sleep basically. Um, and so you just have less operating hours to sort of fit it in with. Right. And the safaris, there's a little bit more strategy involved because the animals tend to be more active early in the morning and then right around that golden hour in the evening. And there, if you go to the safari, if you go on the safari at noon, you're not going to see a lot except for a lot of hot sleeping animals. So something to keep in mind. The rest of the rides are not going to be huge priorities. And again, these are not a ton of, there's not a ton of rides and there's not a ton of rides that kids can do. So Dinosaur, Expedition Everest, and Cali River Rapids are all rides that while considered sort of that level two priority, they don't really run out almost ever. And then the rest are shows and level three priority, like really not going to run out. Um, the animation experience, finding Nemo, it's tough to be a bug, which is a 
show that sounds cute but is terrifying, Feathered Friends in Flight, Festival of the Lion King, and then meeting favorite Disney pals, which is like um, Chippendale and Donald and Daisy and like cute little costumes like Chippendale are dressed up like um, dinosaurs and they're super cute. So, Nicole, what are your priorities at Animal Kingdom? (laughs) (laughs) Our Animal Kingdom priorities. So I'm going to just preface this with Animal Kingdom is not our season right now. Though we do show it love, it's not very often that we show it a ton of love. So Animal Kingdom, we will stick with prioritizing Kilimanjaro safaris. That's one that is very family friendly. I really enjoy that one. You know, you see animals, a good way to get off your feet. That's one we are prioritizing. Navi River Journey, another one that we would probably prioritize. And then... (laughs) Much after that is probably a wash. The only other thing that we would prioritize would be Festival of the Lion King. We enjoy that show. I really love all the acrobats in that show. And so in order to get decent seating for that, I would prioritize that along with meeting Disney pals. With the other ones, it's one, the height requirement, but also just the fear dinosaur mm-hmm. there's a fear expedition everest another fear cali river rapids i don't want to give it so <laughs> that pretty much just writes a lot out for us but again yeah. with this just like with epcot there's a ton of other kid-friendly attractions that you can do at this park different foods that you can try And then similar again with Epcot, they're going to have different little performances that are going on throughout the day in different areas of the park. So just because I'm not picking a ton of Genie Plus priorities, there's still a great amount to do at that park. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They have the little petting zoo too, like where you can go like pet the animals and like, um, so if you take the Rafiki's, planet watch train out to that area you can like see the petting zoo you can sometimes they're doing like surgery on some of the animals it's like sort of where they're caring for the animals and things and that would be a really good hands-on experience for kids that are interested in that we have not done that yet um i strategically haven't told my child that was happening because we would spend a lot of time (laughs) with the animals. Um, So our priorities, it it tracks pretty closely to the conventional wisdom. We're definitely going to do an individual lightning link for flight of passage and get on that. The next, like the most important to my kiddo is Expedition Everest. He absolutely loves that ride. The first time we went on it, when it goes backwards, he got pretty nervous and looked at me like there was a lot of fear in his eyes. And I was just like, I just kept smiling and was like, woohoo, this is so fun. (laughs) And then um, like, it's okay, buddy. It's okay, buddy. And then we started going forwards and like, then he got into it. And then after he got off it, he was like, that was epic like okay okay um so he really loves that ride he did it 
you know, we did rider switch for that one. And so he got to go on twice. Um, so that one is still one of his absolute favorites. So we're definitely doing that and usually doing it first because it's easy to book a lightning lane and also do standby and ride it twice. Or if he's doing rider switch three times, Cali river rapids was I, for me, a one and done like that. Not only do you get wet, but it is a lame ride. Like it's not even exciting. (laughs) (laughs) The hill is like barely even a hill. Like if you're going to get me all wet, like no, no. Um, honestly, dinosaur, we usually skip just cause I don't want to have to go into dino land and do the stupid games <laughs> and the triceratops spin ride. Those are um, always like hit or miss for us. Like I feel like half of it's open, half of it's not, or even just the boneyard is just hit or miss. I would love to see that area reworked, right? Yes. <laughs> agreed. But we did, we did the boneyard once and it was fine. He had fun this is before Betty was around um he had fun but it was it was actually even hotter in the boneyard than it was elsewhere in the park uh-huh um just because it like it's so enclosed and they had these giant fans but they weren't turned on and so he lasted maybe 20 minutes and I thought for sure like it's a playground he and it's huge look at all these really like, he's gonna love it and it just, it wasn't the best fit for us. So the boneyard wasn't a huge deal. Um, the safari, we'll do the safari. And then Navi River is also probably one of our top priorities. Because if we're going to be in Pandora, that's a ride that, you know, we can all do. And it is really beautiful. And I don't want to wait in a line for it. So so I would say Navi River. Um, and then, yeah, the rest are, if there's time, we'll go see Festival of the Lion King. For us, Animal Kingdom does typically end up being sort of a half-day park. Um, not because it isn't beautiful, just the season that we're in. Like, <laughs> it's a little bit harder <laughs> there's just there's not as many rides and you know when little faces look at you and are like can we go on Winnie the Pooh now (laughs) yep let's go hop on the bus and hop over to Magic Kingdom (laughs) so we end up hopping to Magic Kingdom frequently on our Animal Kingdom day just once we've sort of done everything that we needed to do and we head out I think it would be fun as an adult, as a grown up, to spend some time like exploring the trails and mm-hmm. hanging out in Nomad Lounge and having dinner at Yak and Yeti. Yes. But we haven't gotten there yet. So, and that's what I totally agree with that. I think Animal Kingdom is more of like a sight to see. Like there's animals that are a sight to see. And just yeah. the theming everywhere is more of the sight to see and just take in and adventure rather than do and the pixie dust. It's a different kind of Disney. Yep. It is. It doesn't even really feel like you're at Disney um, when you're walking around. Like it feels very different than any of the other parks. But no, it does It does feel very different. And like, yeah, you walk in and there's turkey vultures on display. <laughs> It's different. The animals are real, not animatronic. You know, like that 
<laughs> what's going on here? Um, but I think that I think we will be big fans of Animal Kingdom at some point. It's just not yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I mean, my son, we we don't skip it. We can't skip it. Expedition Everest is there. So we do always make a pri- make it a priority to get over there and spend at least a couple of hours. And we always try to take some time to like look around and hang out by the water, um, watch a bird show, that sort of thing, and kind of just enjoy the park for what it is. And eventually, hopefully, we'll be able to spend a little bit more time there and just, you know, have that sort of be... I think it's a good park to sort of chill out in, you know, like it's, there's not a ton of pressure to get a bunch of stuff in, but there are some really beautiful shows. There's some really fun attractions and then some really, really good food. I've only had delicious food there. So I can, I can attest to that. Even, even the quick service is really delightful. So so our priorities aren't terribly different, but I'm probably not going to prioritize the safari over Expedition Everest, that it's going to be roller coasters first for us. <laughs> All right. So I think that is going to get us to the tip of the week. So Nicole, what is your tip of the week? So my tip of the week with this is that thinking back to like that fast pastime, time, you don't want to have to be crisscrossing the park based on like whatever the lottery is of return time that you're getting. You want to be strategic about it to making sure that you're getting return times for rides that are close together because the last thing you want to be doing is riding Dumbo and then having to hop all the way over to Jungle Cruise only to go all the way back and ride Peter Pan. That's way too much walking, even with a stroller, it's too much on yourself. So trying not to crisscross the park by building your plans out to where it makes sense, especially if you're churning. And then also, I guess, even if you're stacking. So trying to build it out so that way you're not having to go back and forth. It takes a little bit more skill of paying attention to the return times and whatnot, maybe even having to modify a bit, but not crisscrossing the park or the lands too much a little back and forth is okay but that is like the sweet spot for me yeah if you have to you know if you might have to wait an extra half an hour but it means that you don't have to you know walk from Adventureland to storybook circus and back again just stop get a snack (laughs) you know enjoy the surroundings um that's that is totally worth it you're still you're still doing great All right, so my tip of the week is to pick three rides that you absolutely must ride. Build your plans around those three. You are likely going to ride way more than those three, but the first three should be like the hands down must do rides. Like talk to your family, talk to who you're traveling with, make sure that, you know, you know what their priorities are, make sure you know what your priorities are, and then go from that. So I usually ask everybody, like, what is your must-do ride in this park? And take into consideration what they want to do and then sort of build our plans around that. So, for example, if we're at Hollywood Studios and my son's priority is Rise of the Resistance and my husband's priority is Rock and Roller Coaster and my priority is Millennium Falcon, 
then those are the rides that we're going to try to prioritize as much as we can. Yeah, we're still probably going to grab Slinky Dog because we all love it. But if those are the priorities, then we're going to build our park day around those priorities. And that makes it easier to avoid that crisscrossing through the park. Like if I know we've got two rides in Galaxy's Edge that we want to get on, then we're going to try to book those for similar time. The more that you can sort of prioritize and plan for those must do items, the easier it is to sort of add extra things onto that. Otherwise, it can feel like you're trying to do everything all at once and you just don't really like know where to go. Like, okay, now this one's available. Should I get this one? Like, nope. Prioritize, pick your three, go from there. And what is crazy, I think, is that Disney World even states that on average, guests can enter two to three attractions or experience per day using Lightning Lane entrance. That just blows my mind. Like that's their average of two to three. So to me, that's a average of a really broad range of people who, you know, have been using Genie Plus, know the ins and outs, they use it every day, they're going a lot. And the people that are buying Genie Plus after they entered the park, realizing they don't want to stand in the lines, but they have no idea how to use it. That really, the two to three average is uh, a little cringy to me because as long as you know just the basics, like as long as you listen to this episode and the one before, you're going to get on more than two to three rides. I can't guarantee this, but the very likely you're going to get on more than two to three rides. I think if it was only two to three rides, none of us would buy it. Goodness, no, because that would be an average of, at the very least, $5 per ride. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Not worth it in that sense. But if you can get on, you know, and upwards, getting close to those double digits, especially in Magic Kingdom, Mm -hmm. that would be nice. (laughs) Yes. Shoot for 10 rides. (laughs) Yeah, agreed. That's crazy. Like, I think that two to three, I think they're just underselling and over delivering as best they can with that. Like, I think, yeah, I mean, that's something Disney does for sure. But Mm -hmm. two to three rides for the product that they're selling is really, really, really low. So, yeah, totally agree. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up today's show. Um, Hopefully that gives everybody sort of a good foundation for Genie Plus and how to use it on your next trip. Nicole, where can listeners find you online? So I am Bibbity Bobbity Bestie on Instagram, all social media channels. And if you have any further questions, I'm sure Alicia is the same with this. Feel free to send us a message, leave a comment even on this show, we would be more than willing to help you out with any Genie Plus questions. I know it can be confusing, but we are definitely here to just make it a little bit easier, especially on us as parents. Yeah, definitely. I've That is definitely a, a question that um, I've gotten. I'm sure you've get, gotten them as well. Mm-hmm. But like it was a, you know, it was a first trip and it was like her husband's first trip and her son's first trip. And should we rope drop seven doors mine train? And 
that is the conventional wisdom. But no, for heaven's sake, take your time down Main Street. Just get the individual lightning lane. Like yeah. there's a there's a much better way to do it. Like you don't have to follow every tip and trick and plan. You can have a relaxed vacation somewhat. There's still gonna be some like stress and deadlines, like timelines. Realistically, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but you can have a more relaxed vacation. Um, you do not have to rope drop and hit the ground running every minute of your vacation to to sort of accomplish all of this. So please feel free to reach out. We're happy to help. You can find me on Instagram at pixie dust underscore parent. I'm so glad that you joined us today. Um, please tune in next week. And please make sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram for the latest podcast episodes. We would love it. Really appreciate it. If you could go down right now and rate and review our podcast, it definitely helps us so much. So if you like this episode, please leave us a five-star review. Thanks. See you next week.